In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with each and every one of you. And as always, we would like to invite Mary to be with us. Mary has many wonderful titles. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. And Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. And when we pray the Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary. Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's turn and pray the prayer that Mary loves most, the Ave Maria, the angelic salutation, and also we call it the Hail Mary. And honor Mary in a special way on the day in which she is dedicated to her honor, Saturdays, together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director... It's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has many, many wonderful titles also. Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. Holy Spirit is also known as the Sweet Guest of the Soul. Holy Spirit is also known as our Counselor and our Consoler. Still another title for the Holy Spirit is the Sanctifier. He who makes us holy. Holy Spirit is also known as the Sweet Guest of the Soul. How beautiful. That were not enough. He is our interior master. St. Paul says we we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But good news. The Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba, Father. For those who love God, all things work together for the good, St. Paul also says in his letter to the Romans. So let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. And pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit, begging light for our intellect 
as well as the fire of love to burn within our hearts. As we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didn't strike the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without end, amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, Pray for us. Saint Fabian, Pope, pray for us. Saint Sebastian, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. How true, my friends, is a family that prays together, stays together, And a world at prayer is a world at peace. How good it is to be with all of you in our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, in the Mass I'll be celebrating today, I'll place you on the altar, begging for special graces. And of course, the Mass is the whole... Holy sacrifice of the Mass is the greatest of all prayers. It is the prayer par excellence. These will be several of my intentions. First will be like to pray in a special way that all of us would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. This could be our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. That's right. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be, I'd like to pray in a special way, 
for our families, for the conversion of our families, for the sanctification of our families, and for the salvation of our families. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said it very clearly. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? And that leads me to another intention and that will be to pray, my friends, for the dying. The dying. Excuse me. St. Catherine of Siena, one of the greatest women in the Catholic Church, says that the two most important moments in our lives are now and at the hour of our death. Let's pray. Excuse me. Let's pray for those who will be dying. And as Valerie points out, that the Nunchepi group of St. Peter Chanel will be going to protest against abortion in L.A. So let's pray for young people who will be going for that very noble purpose. Yesterday we, there was the March on Washington, and now in L.A. will be young people going to, be, to march against the evil of abortion. Very good. We'll pray for our young people. We'll pray for our young people. So what we've been doing, my friends, over the past week, well, starting New Year's Day, really, we've been trying to start off our conversation by giving... by giving a short catechetical reflection. So this week we we decided to just start with the basics and start with the creed. We're going through the different elements in the creed, if you remember. And I believe it's worth the while to just uh, rewind the film of the week go through some of the most salient points that I made. Then we'll add a new reflection. Then we'll move into the beautiful readings for today. We were commenting upon the creed. We can also call it the profession of faith. We pray in every solemn, every Sunday Mass started off by saying, I believe in God. My friends, let's be thankful. 
let's be thankful that we do believe in God. Imagine yourself being born in um, communist China or Cuba or Russia or North Vietnam or North Korea. Countries that categorically deny God's existence, prohibit the practice of a faith. Imagine a child being brought up where he's told that God does not exist. How horrendous that is. Whereas we were brought up and raised, most of us, with believing that God exists, with being baptized, being taught, dear angel of God, my guardian dear, being brought to church to make our first communion from our parents that were concerned about our spiritual and moral formation, as well as our eternal salvation. So when we say, I believe in God, we should be eternally grateful that we have faith in God. And how many, you know, China, one point, about 1.2 billion Communist China denying the reality of God's existence. I believe in God the Father. We spoke about the attributes or characteristics of a good father. Starting with God the Father, biological fathers, and spiritual fathers that you call as priests and fathers. The nature of fatherhood and paternity first and foremost is generation, giving life. Then a father provides for his family, provides economically, emotionally, culturally, intellectually, but most especially morally and spiritually. That's the nature of a good father. And a father is also called to educate his children. This year, in the parish, on all the different levels, I'm teaching the parents. I just gave them a midterm exam. And some of them did well, others not that well. Because I'm keenly aware of the fact that the parents are the primary educators of their children and their teens. Parents that do not know and live their faith, most likely their children will will follow in their footsteps, sad to say. But it's the reality. And finally, good father also will protect his children. I made reference to John chapter 10, where we have Jesus presenting himself as the good shepherd. 
Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. They know me by name. I know them by name. And I've come that they may have life and have life more abundantly. Now the good shepherd is ready and willing to lay down his life for his sheep. Good father will both protect and defend his flock from the ravaging wolves that are seeking to enter in to devour and to ravish the innocent sheep. In following up on our explanation of the creed, we said, Father, God the Father, the Almighty. Almighty (coughs) is one of the attributes of God. Another synonym of Almighty would be that of all-powerful. And if you like, omnipotent, God is all-powerful. I like what St. Alphonsus says. He says, there's not weak people or strong people, but rather people that know how to pray and people that don't know how to pray. So if we know how to pray, we're strong because we have God with us. We don't know how to pray because we're walking through the world without God. And we're very vulnerable and we can slip and fall very easily. Then we mentioned creation. God the Father, creator, creation. I invited all of you to go to the very beginning of the Bible, the very beginning of the Bible, the book of the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis. Read the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter one presents God creating. Genesis two also two different perspectives. When we say the word, when we say the word create or creation, we can use it metaphorically. In the sense that I can, I can create um, a literary work called a blog article. Or I can create a book. But that's a more extensive interpretation of the word creation. Theologically, to create, only God can do that. And that means to bring something into existence that didn't exist before. Bringing something out of nothing. There we have the theological 
definition of creation and God's, God says, let there be light and light exists. As soon as God says it, then it, it's already brought into existence. We mentioned also St. Thomas Aquinas, the great theologian, doctor of the church. He says that if one loves, then he is expansive. Expansive in that the lover wants to give generously to the one he loves. So God loves us, so he created the world for us. Pope St. John Paul II speaks about the gift in the married life, the gift of self. We're called to be a gift to the other. And even in a more extensive sense, we're all called to be a gift to others, to give our talents for the building up of others. We, we should try to build up others. Not tear them down, but build them up. <clears throat> and then, yesterday we spoke about God, creator of heaven. We mentioned this. Perhaps we don't reflect enough upon the reality of heaven. Perhaps we do not reflect sufficiently upon the reality of heaven. Yesterday I mentioned uh, the Baltimore Catechism that I was brought up and raised with. Why are we created? One of the first catechetical questions in the classical catechism of the Baltimore Catechism. And we are created to know God, to love God, to serve God, so that we'll be happy with him in heaven. And I like to do it by means of a hand gesture. We are created to know God, to love God, to serve God, so as to be happy with him in heaven. You like that? We are created to know God, to love God, to serve God, and to be happy with him in heaven. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And uh, St. Teresa of Avila speaks about the shortness of life, the ephemeral or the temporary or the transitory character of life. Life is very short.
Life is very short. St. Teresa of Avila says, Our life is like one night in a lousy hotel. That's great, isn't it? Our life is like one night in a cheap, lousy hotel. So if we can put up with the aches and pains of our life, to be patient, to carry our cross valiantly, to strive to live in the state of grace and to grow in grace, then heaven will be our reward. It's worth it. Heaven is forever. That should fill us with joy. It should fill us with joy. So today our catechesis will um, will continue on the creed but today I'd like to um, speak briefly about Mary because Mary because Mary Saturday is the day in which we, we honor Mary. And I'd like to present to you one of the statues I have in my studio to honor Mary. And here we have it. This is a statue of Mary under the title, perhaps Carmen can write this down, Mary Undoer of Knots. Mary Endure of Knots. It's a devotion that the Holy Father has, a great devotion to this this Marian aspect. Mary Endure of Knots. Mary Endure of Knots. I find, my friends, uh, that drawing close to Mary, talking to Mary, praying to Mary, speaking about Mary, praying the rosary, it, it always brings a lot of joy. And I hope, I hope that you'll be joyful. Even in the midst of so many problems on a world level, on an ecclesial level, on a national level, on an international level, on a local level, family level. There are so many problems. We can't deny that. But if we know that Mary's present to us, we know that Mary is present to us. She's our mother. She's our life. She's our sweetness. She's our hope. That brings, that always brings joy. Because we know we're in the best of company. Mary always brings us to Christ. Her last words were, do whatever he tells you. So here's the, uh, in my studio here, here's a, Statue of Our Lady, Undoer of Knots. 
Our Lady and Door of Knots. <clears throat> you like a parallel, a parallel Marian concept. Look at Our Lady of Guadalupe we have in our studio. Our Lady on Door of Knots and Our Lady Guadalupe. They carry out the mission of helping us in our problems. Helping us in our problems. Juan Diego, you all know the story. Juan Diego, 1531, December 12. He is He is heading He is heading to the city of Mexico to fetch a priest to help his uncle that's dying. Very serious. Very serious. So he tries to go around the hill of Tepeyac and a, and a lady cuts him off. She says, don't worry, he's okay. He's already healed. And a lady of Guadalupe, who's always looking at you in our conversation, isn't it? Wonderful to have our lady Guadalupe, the big picture, looking at you in our Perseverance family. And she says to Juan Diego, very much related to Our Lady Undoer of Knots, because Juan Diego had a had a pretty pretty big knot, and that big knot was the impending death of his uncle Juan Di, uh, Juan Bernardino. Seemed as if he were. He was going to die. And the lady says, don't worry, he's healed. Am I not your mother? I have you in the crossing of my arms, in my heart. You're in my shadow. Wherever you go, I'm present with you. You're in the in my apron, meaning within my womb. So in these critical moments, difficult moments, We want to turn to Mary. And ask Mary to help us in our problems. 
And eventually she's going to say, I want you to go to the bishop and ask the bishop to build the church so that the people can go to that church and I will help them with their problems. And now, it is one of the most visited places in the world after the Basilica of St. Peter in Rome is one of the most visited churches in the whole world. So Our Lady Undoer of Knots. Here we have the statue of Our Lady Undoer of Knots. So I think, my friends, in our in our perseverance family and our growth, in our relationship with God, we have to learn how to praise God. We have to learn how to beg pardon for our many faults. We have to learn how to thank God. And as St. Augustine says, all of us are beggars before God. We also have to learn, we also have to learn to go to Jesus and Mary with our problems. That's the essential message of Mary Undoer of Knots, to go to her with our problems. Not to keep our problems to ourselves, but to share our problems with Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph. You've heard me quote this verse many times. It's one of my favorites but related to Our Lady Undoer of Knots. It's Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. And it points to the love of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30 is the following. Come to me, Come to me, all of you who are weary. And find life burdensome. Come to me, all of you who are weary. And find life burdensome. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. 
for you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What beautiful and consoling words those are. What beautiful and consoling words those are. Come to me, all of you are weary. And find life burdensome. Come to me, all of you. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Because I am meek and humble of heart. For you will find rest for your souls. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I invite all of you As uh, on Saturday we honor Our Lady on Door of Knots, as well as Our Lady Guadalupe, by all of us, never to become discouraged, but have trust. Never to be discouraged, but have trust. Trust in Mary. Trust in Mary. If God is with us, who can be against us? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? I will be with you always, even until the end of time. For those who love God, all things work together for the good. The Lord is my rock. Cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares for you. And once again, Jesus says, Come to me. All of you are weary. And find life burdensome. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
Now all of us, all of us have our own burden, our own cross, our own suffering. It could be something physical. It could be something mental. It could be something emotional. It could be some relational. It could be something moral. It could be something spiritual. It could be simply fears and insecurity about the future. We all have our own knots. We all have our own knots. But we have Our Lady Andur of Knots and we have Our Lady Guadalupe. So cast your cares. Jesus says, cast your cares upon me. Cast your cares upon Mary and she will help you. And she will help you. Lisa lost her husband. Randy will be praying for her as well as her husband. And I'd like to talk... uh, to, to Lisa and those who um, were in that situation. And this is really, it's very much related to the first reading today. I'll just give you a summary of the first reading and, and talk to Lisa and others who have lost their loved ones related to Mary the Undoer of Knots and Our Lady Guadalupe. And it's the following that the nature of a the nature of a yoke placed on an animal it's it's cumbersome cumbersome and heavy. But Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The reason why this yoke is a cross, and in case of Lisa and several people in the parish over the past few weeks who have lost their loved ones, the yoke is easy because it's the cross that Jesus is carrying the cross. Jesus is carrying the cross. He carries the cross and we we carry a little splinter from the cross. Because the first reading, David is mourning because Saul is killed as well as Jonathan, his best friend, they're both killed. So the first reading, David loses through death King Saul and he loses Saul's son Jonathan and David had established a very 
deep friendship with with Jonathan. And David is actually mourning. He's mourning the death of his loved ones as Lisa and some of our parishioners are mourning the death. Over the past few weeks we lost both both a husband and wife within within a few weeks. Joland and Joshua away. What I'd like to say related to Our Lady Guadalupe as well as Mary Andur of Nuts in this regard is the following. Death is a reality that none of us can escape. But what a beautiful prayer the Hail Mary. We say, pray for us now at the hour of our death. Pray for us. Pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Now related to death, and this is the condition of all of us sooner or later, Who experienced, we see David mourning in the first reading, death of two of the people that he loved and respected. Even though Saul was jealous of him, David still forgave him and was merciful. And Jonathan was a very dear friend. David even says he there was a love deeper between he and Jonathan than between a husband and a wife. There was a deep spiritual bond that existed between David and Jonathan. Jonathan, what a noble individual. But they both die in the battlefield. Turning to Mary, undoer of knots. Related to death. Of all the people in the world, aside from Christ himself, no one knew or understood the painful reality of death more than Mary. I repeat, after Jesus himself, there is no one in the world that understood the pain of death and the separation that death causes more than the Blessed Virgin Mary. She understands it better than anyone else aside from Christ, her son. As David experienced the death of Jonathan and Saul and 
Lisa suffers the death of her husband, Randy. Mary actually experienced, like David, two deaths also. Mary experienced the death of the greatest of all husbands in the history of the world. And that husband of Mary was good Saint Joseph. I mean, very rarely do we ever meditate upon the death of Saint Joseph and the pain and suffering this would have caused both Mary and Jesus, but it happened. Where, when, and how, we don't know. So as Lisa lost her husband, so St. Joseph, Mary experienced the death. Mary experienced the death of her husband. I really believe that Lisa can turn to Mary Mary and find love and consolation in the arms and heart of Mary. Our Lady Guadalupe and even Our Lady Undur of Knots. But also, not only did Mary lose her husband, good Saint Joseph, But she also lost she only lost her only son and that was of course our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as he hung on the cross on Good Friday in Calvary Mary stood at the foot of the cross. And Jesus said, Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. From that moment, the beloved disciple, St. John, took Mary into his home. So I invite Lisa especially to Turn to Mary to talk to Mary to have confidence in Mary to open up your hearts to Mary. You might even do this in conjunction with with the biblical verse that we mentioned a couple of times and Carmen and Sophie have already posted. Come to me, all of you are weary, and find life burdensome. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. You will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So in my Mass today, I'll be placing 
Randy Filler and Lisa Filler on the altar in the Mass and I'll place them in the hands and heart of Mary that you'll be comforted. Let us turn to Mary and trust it to her prayers. We will see our loved ones one day in the kingdom of God. And I'd like to end by giving all of you my priestly blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Many blessings and prayers for Lisa and her husband Randy. Amen.